0: Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard games. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me this week are two probably pretty tired co-hosts. Uh, first up, I'm going to introduce him first because he had the longer flight in that the yeah, end didn't fly. Uh, Alex Zmart, editor-in-chief of Blizzard Watch. How you doing, Alex? Uh,
1: I am tired. Um, I did have the longer flight, but I think Anne had the longer total travel time,
0: but that's okay. Yes.
1: Uh, I just want to apologize for us not doing our second podcast at BlizzCon uh, that Saturday. Adam sent me a message and he was like, "Hey, can you guys uh, do the podcast at 7 p.m. Pacific?" And I looked at the clock and it was 5:30 Pacific, and we hadn't done half of the things we need to do yet that day, and we hadn't eaten anything all day. So I was like, uh, "It's not likely we can do that." So here we are on what it was today—Tuesday, Wednesday. What's today?
0: It's Wednesday. Today has Wednesday. been Wednesday. Good yes. God. Yeah. Wednesday
1: night, here's our podcast,
0: hi. Uh, also with us this week, um, as she is every week, and she she actually drove across the desert in a car that I think has a name. You named your car, right?
2: My car has a couple of names.
0: So
1: They're all really embarrassing. They are
2: embarrassing? <laughs> wow, Alex, you <laughs> know, she let embarrassing. you talk. Boo-boo is not an embarrassing name
0: for
1: a car. Yeah, okay.
0: Anyway, uh, any stories you want to share from your road trip before Alex... I don't know if it tells you they're embarrassing. I don't know what that was, Alex.
1: (laughs) She said those names at BlizzCon, and I was just like, ugh.
2: You don't even have a car. (laughs) You don't understand the bond that goes on. When something's wrong with my car, I call it Boo Boo. Or when it does something really good, I call it Boo Boo. Either that or sometimes I call it Klingon names because it has ridges. Which is worse. Like a Klingon's forehead. Shut up. (laughs) All right, then.
0: (laughs) I think it basically, since BlizzCon, I don't know if anybody on this podcast has gotten more than like two hours of sleep a night. No. So so, uh, we're just going to press onward as as best we can. Oh, you had something else to say? No, please do. I was going
2: to say, the only interesting thing about the road trip was like on my way to California, I I stopped in St. George, Utah, right? Because that's like the halfway point. So on my way to Anaheim, I left St. George and then drove through... A wall of water to get to Las Vegas, which was highly unusual because it doesn't usually – I mean we're talking like torrential rain. Like I had the windshield wipers on high speed and I could still only see like 12 feet in front of me. It was pretty crazy. And I actually arrived in California with my car cleaner than it was when I left. Wow. That never happens. So then when I was driving back – Clear skies all the way to St. George. That was great. And then I left St. George and went to go through the mountains and snow. I, I drove through. It was either blizzards or rainstorms the entire way back. So, yeah, I guess weather just wasn't really my friend so much this time around on this road trip. Go figure.
0: I, I, it's been like literally winter here like for the past month because we went straight from like, hey, you can have, a, you can have literally two days of autumn and now negative six.
2: I went from really nice Anaheim sunny weather to the high today was 42 degrees. Help me. Yeah. I'm cold.
0: <laughs> definitely don't ever move up here because they they've just no. decided they don't like they don't like seasons up here. We're going to just have winter summer and the mud period. <laughs>
2: and the mud. Mud yeah. is a season out
0: there. <laughs> yeah, mud is definitely a season in in Edmonton. All right. Um first up we we do have a lot to talk about, but we're going to try and get through some emails because, you know, we haven't didn't do any over the uh the blizzcon podcast and we do want to keep doing that so uh, if you have an email please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com we love getting emails we love talking about emails we love you know going off on massive tangents about emails uh so yeah we definitely would appreciate any emails you want to send us uh first email is from shad uh Hyjal us prop valley you confused Anne there for a second and that's because you're one letter off
2: I that's, thought it was Shade, but it's not Shade, and yeah. so it's Shad, which was also kind of funny because Alex yeah. hates the name Chad, and that's, like, one letter away from that, too. Yeah, so basically you're a big
0: confluence. We were quite quite thrown off by the email. But, also,
2: I am really
0: tired. Um,
1: I won't comment on Chad anymore because some people got legitimately <laughs> angry that I don't like Chads. I'm okay. sorry, Chad.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh... Congratulations on your success with Blizzard Watch. I'm a proud supporter through Patreon, and it's mostly it's money well spent every month. Thank you. Uh, number one, would you please review what we de- definitively know about the new wardrobe system? What can we vendor and get back when wardrobe, when wardrobe is released? Yes, it's wardrobe, Matt. Uh, specifically, will items bought on the AH or crafted be given back? Also, could I delete my Tabard and get them back? I assume the only safe plan is to hang in there and not delete anything until Wardrobe is released, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I started playing during Cata, so I don't have a reference point for pre-launch events. I wasn't impressed with Mists or Warlords. What are you expecting in terms of how it will impact my gameplay? Personally, I wish the Legion would blow everything up and turn the major cities to shells of themselves. We could all do with a little struggling
2: in-game. Thanks, Shad. Um, Anne, do you want to go on the t- transmog thing? The transmog thing, here's what we know about the transmog thing. The stuff that you're going to automatically learn when the wardrobe system goes live is quest reward items. It's not like crafted stuff or stuff that you just bought on the auction house. It's stuff that you get when you have to pick a reward from a quest. And from what we were told, any quest that you have completed in-game, you will get the rewards for those quests. It will auto-pop because they have a way of tracking that um people have been asking whether or not that includes the pre cataclysm revamp quests i believe it does um i i was told that since those quests they aren't they haven't been like deleted from the system or anything they're just kind of like marked as depreciated or whatever so there's still records of it but i don't you know i since we didn't get like a 100% definitive, that was just something somebody told me, I would say if you're going to delete anything right now, if you want to clear out your bank right now, stick with the stuff that's just like post-cataclysm revamp quests only. So anything that you got through leveling in those v- vanilla zones after the Cata revamp, yeah, you could go ahead and chuck that if you want, and you should theoretically get that when the wardrobe goes live. Um, anything, if you have anything in there that's pre Cataclysm revamp, like I'm going to be hanging on to my um, dungeon point five set, just in case. Supposedly it should go in, but we don't know. So yeah,
0: you want to you want to take it easy just in case. I mean, I'm yeah, looking I forward am, to getting my dreadnought back if I can. But yeah, I don't I'm know personally
1: for sure. not prepared to throw anything away until the system actually shows up and I see what's in it. And only when I see I have something in the wardrobe will I even consider throwing it away.
0: Yeah. yeah. Also, one thing we know based on a tweet today. Um, in the new system, you still have to be able to equip an item to use its appearance for transmog, but that doesn't mean you can't unlock it. We still don't know if your mage gets a plate drop. Is it unlocked for your death knight? We don't know yet. No one has definitively answered that.
2: That I'm not sure on, but when they said that... Well, when they said that it would unlock all quest rewards, even the ones that you didn't pick...
0: Yeah, that's... This is the stuff where I'm not comfortable making a statement because I don't quite understand what they mean.
2: That was The details on that were kind of fuzzy. But since this is an account-wide system, I would assume that if you get you, – you can't borrow the appearance. Like you can't tra- – if, you, if you're a leather-wearing class, you still can't transmog the plate. Sorry. But if you get a plate item, it's not clear whether that goes into your wardrobe. Like the appearance is copied to there because you picked it up. And yeah, then you know, if you play another plate character, since it's account wide, you can go ahead and transmog that with a plate. That yeah. don't know, don't know. It would make sense,
0: but I don't know the answer to that question, and I've I've been trying to answer it in the queue for like a week now. And yeah, I
2: and yeah. and I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend deleting a whole bunch of stuff. Just you know, yeah. no, definitely don't. Um, and as far as the tabards go, tabards, I I believe most you get those back tabards, anyway, can't you? Yeah, most of the tabards you could purchase them back again from like there's. Isn't there a tavern vendor with, like, all the guild stuff? I know this one in Dalaran. Yeah. Because I used that, that one.
0: Stuff? Yeah, I know this one in Dalaran. I think there's one in Stormwind, like, in the, uh, in the guild
2: place like yeah in the guild place there's like a vendor there and you can talk to him and any tabards that you got rid of that were like quest tabards or whatever you can you could buy them back again you can buy them back again right now if you want to um i deleted most of my tabards specifically for that reason because i can just just go buy it back again the only
0: tabard i keep in my my inventory is the one that teleports me to the argent tournament
2: yeah that one's like that one that one you have to have
0: (laughs) i keep that one because it makes farming much easier
2: alex do you remember is there anything i'm forgetting
1: I don't think so. I mean, like I said, it's don't throw just don't throw anything away now. Even if you think you're safe, don't do it. Yeah,
0: hang
2: I mean, on a lot, to
1: it until we see this.
0: There's a lot of other details we could tell you. I mean, there's stuff like about like new new slots are going to be like available to transmog. Um, you're gonna be able to turn off your shoulders. But I mean, basically, for in terms of like the question of deletion I, of items, I'm so
2: happy you could turn off
0: your shoulders. See, I I'd, I'd be more excited if you could turn off shoulders and chest. Okay, no, I you could, you could, I know you didn't want to do that, but I then I could finally do the, you know, wandering around with no shirt look for Fox look would and. be
2: totally happy because his shadow yes. priest could wear a
0: chest piece without wearing a chest piece. But you know, yeah. but the shoulders thing is a pretty big deal because a lot of looks you you actually don't want to have them.
2: Well, the shoulders thing, I, that's something that people have been asking for since, man, I don't even know how long people no. have been asking for that. A very long time. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, the
1: the shoulders are definitely surprised because I mean, the last time Blizzard said anything publicly about that, they uh, were pretty adamant that the big shoulder pad thing was central to World of Warcraft aesthetics. (laughs) So that they're letting you turn them off now uh, is—I mean, that's a significant change.
2: I think I think it's cool though because that actually opens up a lot more looks because there were a lot of transmog sets or like transmog ideas that I had that didn't quite work because I could never find the right pair of shoulders to match anything. I'm going to be honest with you. I wonder how much of that was the cinematic's fault. <laughs> <laughs> when Varian comes
0: up and he's got his shoulders off and it's like, you know, now you can do that with the new system. <sighs> that trailer but, okay. though. Anyway, we should, talk, we should talk about the event. Um, should we move on or? Well, no, He still, he asked two questions. So he asked about the event. So oh, we where
2: talk. is the event? Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Basically, uh, we don't really know what it's going to be yet, except that we're, we're told like there's going like okay. we're told there's going to be like citadel demony citadels going everywhere, raining death and destruction on everything.
2: Yeah, this is what I was told um, when I interviewed Dave Kosak. He said that there are going to be these flying citadels, flying legion citadels that are going to be flying. They, they've They've somehow come up with the ability to make these citadels fly into a region and then like slam into the ground and kind of implant themselves there and then demons will start coming pouring out of them. Um, Those demons are going to be max level demons so if you're leveling in a low level questing area you should probably avoid that kind of thing. It would be a good idea. That said I totally think we should try and tackle one on the leveling stream because it'd be hilarious. Anyway uh Um, that's sorry this person's
1: sorry uh this person said they weren't impressive mr warlords Mister warlords had pretty pathetic ones and even cataclysms was not all that uh,
2: miss what did miss have did i don't think mission had
0: one did it all all miss had anything all mists had was the uh first scenario
2: oh yeah there was a scenario scenario. that was it yeah yeah miss
1: was kind of lame Warlords is kind of lame. Even Cataclysm is kind of lame. Last time we had a good one, I think. Hey,
0: know, was... I liked Cataclysm. Cataclysm's had the, the elemental invasion stuff was pretty good.
2: And then the pop- you had the Doomsayers where you were wearing the little placard and you had to go wandering around town.
1: I mean, I bet server population had a huge impact on uh, the one for Cataclysm because my server ha- had tons in Stormwind where this event was happening. So the elementals would pop and then in 30 seconds it'd be over and you wouldn't see them again for hours. So it was like... There's basically nothing happening. It, Maybe.
0: I, I, whereas, see, I, I uh, actually just remembered the uh, the zones you could queue into as fondly. I liked those.
2: I liked those where they had the elemental bosses, but I also liked the quest chain where it was like you had the people around town, like the doomsayers were around town, and they were talking about how the world was ending, and did and you got to the chance to go infiltrate them, and you could wear that little placard thing that it looked like a sandwich board, yeah, yeah and walk was... around town. Ta- that that was like fun to me. Um, it was
1: almost the comedic uh, one, though. It wasn't like there was not yeah. it didn't feel like a but genuine threat happening. That. It was comedy. I, uh, I don't think enjoyed. it hit the tone it wanted to do.
0: In
2: right. terms
0: of like this one, though. And can you continue?
2: Oh, with the with the with the Legion. The Legion. OK, yeah. so so here's the deal. Right. There's going to be all these demon attacks going on. They're going to be go- going on all over the eastern kingdoms and Kalimdor. There are apparently strategic locations that they are going to hit. Don't know what those locations are or anything about that. In the meantime, that 40-man scenario, the one that they were talking about at the uh, when they were doing the Legion overview, they said it was going to be a 40-man scenario, and there was going to be an Alliance side and a Horde side, and they were going to kind of like mix and interweave among each other as the scenario went on, and it was like this big buildup. That's part of the pre-launch event. That's actually part of the pre-launch. That's not on the broken isles that comes before we get that, that that's content we get before Legion even comes out. And I'm really excited about that. That's um, like,
0: I think Alex commented on this before, but that's like a kind of big reversal from the way they sold it at gamescom that the Horde and Alliance co- couldn't work together. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting. Maybe that's the reason for that. If that's the case in Legion, maybe the reason for that's in that scenario.
2: Well, what I find fascinating about this, and, you know, we're going back to the cinematic again, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more in detail later. But um, who was it? I think it was Alex Afrasiabi. I think it was him that was talking about the intro cinematic, and he said that the cinematic for Legion was kind of different in that it was the first, like, real bridge cinematic. Where, you know, you had the Missa of Pandaria cinematic, and it was slab beef chin and random orc number 264 duking it out in the forest, and then Chen shows up. Didn't really have much to do with the story, right? None of those people were really... Chen was the only one who was kind of pivotal to anything that was going on in Pandaria, and you still didn't run into Chen until much later in the storyline. And then Cataclysm, you had Deathwing... Busting out of the earth and and everything was getting torn apart. But did you really see anything about the story? No, not necessarily. Maras the Lich King, you had Arthas, my son, but it didn't really have anything to do with us. Or this will be coming up in the raid later, so pay attention. <laughs> this will be coming up in in the last raid of the expansion. So pay attention to this because this guy, you know, oogie boogie, whatever. Um, and what he said was, this is kind of the first cinematic that ties directly into the story of the expansion in terms of the characters and everything. And and what I'm picturing here or what I seem to be getting the impression of just given what little we know about the opening event thing and the cinematic and what comes after is that whatever happens in that 40 man scenario is something important that apparently leads directly into what we saw in the cinematic for Legion and then everything that happens on the Broken Isles right after that is it takes place presumably right after what we see in that cinematic it all ties together so i don't know what we're going to see in that 40 man scenario but i'm kind of I, I mentioned this on twitter earlier today i hope that it's something that kind of um explains why Sylvanas and Varian are suddenly suddenly kind of buddy-buddy or at least mildly respectful of each other which wasn't a thing before yeah i
0: kind of also i seem to recall this and i don't know if i'm just
2: conflating other statements
0: but didn't they say there might actually be another cinematic uh like they're they're actually this is going to be the first time they have two fully rendered cinematics in the game because i seem to recall that i
1: don't have any idea but i was going to mention that i don't think this scenario comes... Uh, I think the this, this scenario comes after the cinematic, not the other Does way it? around. It's the, what I've been told, way.
2: Well, the thing is is what I've been told is that the scenario is part of the pre-launch event. So timeline-wise it would make sense that the cinematic well, takes place afterwards because the, the expansion itself doesn't launch until after that pre-launch event.
1: Well, for me, like, obviously we don't have the details of this, but for me what I'm picturing is there's this... the invasion on mainland azeroth which we're dealing with with the citadels coming down and so forth then you get the cinematic where the forces of azeroth are going to the broken isles and then the airship crashes and then variant sylvanas are fighting on the broken isles and then the scenario kicks off that's how i'm seeing these things in my head
0: okay uh, i'll freely admit i don't know i i think it in terms of why Varian and Sylvanas for teaming up, I don't have a problem with it just because it's one of those situations where, yeah, Sylvanas is bad, but oh my god, have you seen how many demons they have? Right. They have a lot of demons. Like, I just
2: – I want to know the context, the context there though. I want to know the context – of Sylvanas suddenly like being respectful towards Varian because there's nothing surrounding that right now. The last time we saw Sylvanas in any capacity was in the novel war crimes and she was throwing a fit because she couldn't make her sister dead. Yeah. I, to I live honestly, with her forever. So.
0: Well, maybe this will be the expansion where Varian gets made dead and he gets to live with her forever. I don't know.
2: Oh no. I hate that rumor. He's going to be so her boyfriend.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm moving on at this point. Uh, Next email is... But, uh, from- just real quick, um,
1: if the only pre-expansion events you've experienced are myths and Warlords, I don't expect this will be like those. It's probably going to be more like the Scourge Invasion, which you haven't seen, which is a very... It was a pretty disruptive event, where you couldn't not participate unless you, like went into seclusion in the wild somewhere
0: yeah by the t- by the end of the scourge invasion you essentially had to hide from the play. i don't think they're going to use that technique but definitely it sounds like this is going to be so a much bigger
1: but it's an Zombie. event that touches every zone as opposed to something that's in one little place
0: all right next email is from balak who's a warrior on Dragonblade, i guess or he's a dragon blade warrior I, I i don't know uh if you are in fact some kind of dragon warrior Cool. I always wanted to be one myself. So, Dear watchers, uh, Blizzard has never been very consistent in the past when it comes to keeping the various specs raid viable. For example, in 6.0, Gladiator was high DPS. By 6.2, however, it was near bottom of the heap. Similar thing happened with Frost Decays, Demonology Warlocks, etc. In Legion, though, we'll be putting in a lot of effort to level up our spec-specific uh, artifacts. They say that there will be catch-up mechanisms for other specs, but it doesn't sound easy, and that leads me to believe that Blizz is going to need to be fairly consistent with the individual specs this time around, which is not standard operating procedure for them. Do you think they can pull it off, uh, Bellac? I don't know. You know, Here's the thing. Uh, I love... Right now my favorite spec is Fury, and I think going into the expansion, Fury is going to be my favorite spec. But that arms artifact is so freaking cool! So I'm kind of like right now trying to figure out how am I going to level my Arms Artifact and my Fury Artifacts at the same time? Because I want to, very badly. In terms of the consistency issue, uh, there's always going to be a winner and there's always going to be a loser when you're just talking about raid viability and pure DPS. Uh, When you are talking about like the guilds that are the absolute cutting-edge guilds that get world firsts, realm firsts, those guilds are always going to cherry-pick based on the absolute top performing specs they can get their hands on for guilds that are like not that sometimes the DPS differences aren't really that important especially if based on play like you you can be a really really good arms warrior or a really really good subtlety rogue or what have you and be better for your guild and your raid than switching specs to a theoretically better spec that you're not good at and i I think to a certain degree that's going to be something with the with the pruning of the of, of various uh Specs, not pruning isn't really the right word, but they're going for, like, they want everything to be simpler on a base level, and then talent choice will create more complexity. Like, that's what the the ideal is. They've talked about this a few times. And so, I think a lot of it's going to be talent tuning, rather than spec tuning. I mean, keep in mind, too, that they've taken out... PvP is now its own entire system, with its own entire ability. As a result, a lot of stuff that had to be the way it was for, for PvP versus PvE balance... Isn't a concern anymore. So, how are they going to do it? I don't know. I need to see more details. I need to see some actual talents. Um, I don't know. Anne, Alex, either of you want to talk about this one?
2: Do you think that the fact that they are doing all of this major class tinkering and everything, do you think that's going to make it easier for them to keep everything kind of on the same keel balance
0: wise? Uh, me personally, I, wow, I can't. The, my problem with that is that, you know, again, a lot of this is stuff we haven't really seen yet. Like, we, we haven't seen the talents at all. Like the, the 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 rogue preview is tomorrow morning, I think. Yeah. I think, the, I think the rogue preview is going to be the one to watch in terms of that kind of thing because let's face it, at least in terms of melee DPS, rogues are the benchmark. Rogues are the class that you know people measure themselves based on how well they compete with rogue. that is just Oh well, like, yeah, because that's you know, pretty much all we do is mainly yeah. dps that's it <laughs> i'm not saying that's the wrong thing at all i'm saying you know basically since rogues are the benchmark what we need to do is get a look at them how are they going to approach how are the three specs because that's the thing too is blizzard really wants specs to be different this time around i'm how a little nervous gonna... about the rogue preview i don't know what they're gonna do yeah well i'll tell you right now Um, I hope they don't do the thing that they've been doing with some other classes where you find out, oh, this talent or this spec defining ability is gone in some other classes' preview.
2: No, they just gave Demon Hunters the wing-popping thing that we got from those legendary daggers that we worked really hard for in Cataclysm. Demon Hunters, kind
1: of crap. I mean, they don't play crap. They stole a bunch of stuff from Warlocks and Rogues and they made it better. <laughs>
2: but they're really Come cool. On. They're really fun to play. <laughs> they are
1: cool, but it's straight up, they stole mechanics from other classes and other, those other classes don't get to have them
0: anymore. See, the thing about, that, the, the thing about Demon Hunters, like, Death Knights did that too, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, we've been we've long enough in this game, the Demon Hunters real blatant about it. Oh, they're, yeah. not, they're not even trying to hide it. It's like, yeah, everything, everything you love, we have. We are the best class.
2: Warlocks, kinda...
1: you enjoyed Metamorphosis? Too bad. You can't have it anymore. These guys get it and better. I
2: kind of nervous because like, they introduced monks and it was like, oh, another leather-wearing agility class. Great. And then they introduced, now they've got Demon Hunters, which is another
0: leather-wearing agility,
2: leather-wearing agility class. Only this one can tank. And with monks, it was like, here's another leather-wearing agility class and this one can tank or heal. And meanwhile, rogues are just sitting there, we're like twiddling our thumbs, going, okay, well, when you want to make us interesting, I guess give us a call. Until then, we'll just be in the back line stabbing things.
1: See, I like you, we I do. Know, I know that whole thing, how rogues take reduced falling damage. Yeah. Demon hunters will never take falling damage, ever, in their entire lives, ever, ever. ever. Dude, they automatically, the entire
2: yeah. pandaren race has, like, bouncy as a tree where they don't take them. So it's like, okay, well. All right then.
1: <laughs> Demon hunters just straight up glide. They don't need. They don't need gliders. They're gonna, they don't need Wow, well, they're lighters.
0: gonna
2: cheese that achieve so bad. They will mm.
1: float forever and never take a single point of falling damage.
2: It's pretty but, cool though. I mean, playing one was pretty fun because they're just like zoom, oh, zoom, zoop yeah. all over the place. I gotta say this though. I was looking at the rogue weapon previews, and
0: they, the, the. Um, I think it's the outlaw spec, which is former combat. The outlaw spec has these awesome cutlass things. I love them. Uh, I I look at them and they're like, they're so pretty and they're so distinctive looking. The dreadlights? Like, yeah, they, they're
2: pretty and cool. They, and they turn into rapiers at some yeah, point. Yeah. It's of going, one of the alternate appearances that you can choose. You like now this is, check
1: those out because Outlaw Rogue is calling to Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I think I may have to switch to Outlaw because I'm sorry, the assassination weapons really bother me. Well, I'm, the fact that no rogue got fist weapons
0: was to my mind, but I'm distracting from the, the question, really. In terms of if, they, if they're if they going to balance the specs, there's always going to be a spec on top. There's always going to be a spec on the bottom. It's just going to happen. Sometimes the differences aren't even that big. Like, they're like, I think in, in uh, right now in, in Hellfire Citadel, top dps specs are like close like there's yeah, a lot of dps they're, they're specs they're fairly there. evenly matched right now a lot of them are you know like fury warriors um, i think both like two two out of three flavors of rogues Rep Pallies, frosty DKs. they're all kind of up there in terms of melee uh, dps specs so it's it's sometimes it's just a matter of can you get them close enough you know am i if i'm within a few hundred dps of that guy then it's good enough and in terms of keeping the specs consistent i i have hopes he used, I, I use warriors as an example because it's the specs I know best. I have hopes that Arms and Fury will be relatively well balanced against each other. Uh, Fury sounds cooler right now; like it's got it's got neat stuff going on, whereas Arms just is like, "Hey, remember Cataclysm? We're doing that, we're doing that again. Really? We're just doing yeah, we're just doing Cataclysm again." And then there'll be talents, but we're not going to tell you what those are yet. But the rogue preview, I think, will really give you a sense of, okay, this is going to be baseline. This is going to be what the, the the first melee class. You Because know, whether or not you like rogues or hate them, uh, that's a fact. Rogues are the melee class. That is all they do. Yep. They don't do anything else.
2: Nothing special. So, so just stab things a lot
0: what they do with rogues to differentiate the specs will give you an idea of like how the balance is going to work. It feels like the tuning is going to be based around like they're trying to bring mastery back up. For every class as well, yeah, and use mastery again. The original idea behind mastery was it would serve as a tuning, like a tu- not a tuning fork, a tuning knob. Uh, you know, you could dial mastery up or down when class is performing as well as you might want. So I feel like they're trying to get back to that. And unfortunately, there's some some cool cool sub abilities and sub specs in the game. Are, are losing out because of this like mm-hmm. uh, fist weaving I, th- I feel like fist weaving is really a penalty it's 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 leaving the game because Blizzard couldn't get it to work like I'm just gonna say it they
2: couldn't get fist weaving to work the way they wanted it to which is the- kind of a pity because it was pretty cool like like yeah. the concept behind it was pretty cool and, uh, yeah. and Gladiator Stance,
0: uh, if, you, if you're listening, Gladiator Stance is the same thing. They're taking Gladiator Stance out. And I really feel like in this case it's because what you mentioned, You how Gladiator was high DPS and then it went low. The mechanics of Gladiator Stance were based around tanking mechanics because it's a tank spec and then we just have to make it work for DPS. And the problem with that is that tanking stuff doesn't scale the way DPS stuff does. Yeah. Yeah. And- they had to play. They had to pull a lot of like fast and loose conversions to try and get it to work, and it was fun. It's you know just, just for something.
1: just for soloing. I'm gonna be sad about Gladiator stands going away. Cause yeah. I love that feel of the offensive shield where I'm beating the crap out of people with my shield because it's a giant piece of metal and you can do that. Yeah, and having that going away it does make me sad, but I never rated with it, so I don't know. Yeah,
0: and, and in terms of like stuff like that, we're seeing. I think what we're seeing is to a certain degree is they're trying to change it so that talents provide you your individual. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll see how it works. That's going to be what they're trying to use to balance it in terms of like keeping keeping stuff consistent, for lack of a better word. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to be in a case where specs don't vary. Where there's not fluctuation, where in one tier one spec is on top, and in the next tier other specs come up. That's just gonna. That's the game. That's always gonna be the game. There's never gonna be a time where, like, to use rogues as an example, if for some reason combat is on top of most of the fights in one tier, just because fights change and you get different kinds of fights, other specs come up. Like suddenly, you know, assassination is now on top because the fight suits that particular style.
2: And like, that's when. Being able to change your spec kind of comes in handy.
0: Yeah, and that's where the the artifact the artifact will make that complicated. There's ways yeah. no around it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But keep in mind, there are classes like you know paladins where their DPS spec is just the DPS spec, and either it's good or it's not. Like if if paladins get into a fight that's not good for red paladins, they're not like they can go holy for it. Nope. You know, it's it's, sorta,
1: it's oh, just sort of it's sort of if you're raiding as a paladin, they make you do it.
0: Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if, like, <laughs> if it's a DPS fight, but it's not a good DPS fight for a Ret Paladin, they're not going to make you go holy unless they need a healer. They're not gonna I mean, how, it, me how
1: it worked when I was writing was uh, if a fight didn't need a Ret, I had to pull out my holy set, and one of the other healers who had a DPS set would go to their DPS spec. That's yeah, how it
0: happened. I don't think it will work that way this time because that healer might not have an artifact.
2: Yeah, the so artifact gonna... is kind of like the... Hmm.
0: I wonder how really that's going to work
2: in the middle of all of this.
1: I'd be really surprised if you can't have multiple artifacts.
2: You so. can have them, but
0: you're not going to be able to level them. That's the thing. They they basically pointed out that you know there's work to be done to make your power your weapon better. You have to get the artifact power to put into it. You're not going to have two
2: weapons with all the same artifact power. I think, I
1: expect that will be a problem that they're going to have to address.
2: Yeah, and I think I think tomorrow's rogue preview is going to do a lot to determine what i'm going to go into legion as on my rogue. i mean yeah. I-
1: if these artifacts are really such a big deal and you can't easily level multiple ones what they're basically saying is you can't respect this expansion
0: and it's weird when they just came up with tri-spec or quad right. spec in the case of... And they're they're going to
1: have to find a way that you can do all of them simultaneously I just, without I, I, I wanna, investing
0: three times as many hours.
2: Right. I want to know what that catch-up mechanic is going to be. We don't know anything about it yet, so...
0: I just, I'm just just amused that I said quad spec for rogues. <laughs> like, poor rogues.
2: <laughs> I'm assassination, combat assassin. <laughs> Our fourth spec is the one where we're just like stout, Arr. in the back, pickpocketing. Arr. It's the pickpocket spec. It's like rogue,
0: rogue fourth spec is just a rogue going, yeah. yeah. But alright, um, next one My fourth from-
1: spec is to log out and log in at my demon hunter.
2: <laughs> it's sad because it's probably... <laughs>
0: Hey, Watchers. I was reading the lore behind Legion's artifact weapons, and this excerpt from the Shadow Priest's dagger had me in. This terrifying dagger was made from the claw of an old god eons ago, and dark priests used it for ritual sacrifice during the height of the Black Empire. It sounds like this Black Empire was a civilization of old god worshippers before the Titans returned and imprisoned the OGs. I, I like that abbreviation for them. Uh, if, th- if that's the case, though, who was around back then for them to rule? Trolls, Pandaren, Akir, and any other race not created by the Titans? Thanks, AJ. Uh, it was probably basically the the proto insect race that they keep talking about as ancestral to the akir. Yeah. Um in what terms about of the those type,
1: tentacle faces.
0: Yeah, it's those guys too. It's basically the nameless ones, the faceless ones, uh the the proto insectoid types you hear about, various enslaved elementals and who knows. I mean, keep in mind this is way back in time. This is like this is more than like I don't even know. This is this this goes back to like before the the foundation of, of if we don't even know when the Titans
2: showed up the second time. This is time. like pre This is like pre aspects. Yes. This is pre creations of the aspects. This is back when like proto dragons were the only dragons you really had on the planet and nothing was ordered yet. And I have a feeling that the Black Empire and and that kind of information, that's all stuff we're gonna see in Chronicle. Yeah, most likely.
0: So We've, we, we've, like, had bits and hints of it that Ra'den, like, the, the Fist of Ra'den, which is yeah. another Ra'den, talks about how Ra'den was given power to, like, help, you know, subdue the Black Empire. It seems like the Black Empire was mainly in what's now Pandaria. Yeah. Based on the the fact that it was Ra'den and the Mogu who settled their hash. So Yasharaj um, probably. Yeah, there's, like, but... In terms of like what was actually there, stuff that we don't really want to deal with, you know, it's basically old goddy type stuff. But there's like really like, there's those weapons, man. There's tons of lore for all sorts of stuff in them. May that- I
1: say I find the old God Shadow Priest thing strange?
0: It's a little weird. Yeah, it's I did really a weird. I a a Q answer basically mentioning all the times that the Old Gods and the Void are related to each other. And it, it it has been been more and more in the game over the past few years. But they've always made it pretty clear that the Void was not the Old Gods alone. Like it's not it, – like the Old Gods can use it, but not that well, it's, it, it's scares.
1: it was weird to me because I think in, like in Vanilla and Burning Crusade and all that, Shadow Priest started out as kind of like psionics. They had mindy stuff, but not insanity. It was just thoughts and so forth. Even in, like they took that into Hearthstone of all places, where the abilities they have are like Thought Steal and Mind Control. It's very psionic, but now they went full old god, and that's just weird. I yeah, don't I, hate it. I think it's. a I just think,
0: it's one of those things where I think honestly, I really blame Shogal. Quite frankly. I blame Chogall and the uh, Negron storyline.
2: Yes, let's blame Chogall. That sounds like a good idea.
0: Well, you know, hey, why not? Quite frankly, the guy, if he's not involved, he probably would have done the worst. Yeah,
2: just but, because he wants to watch the world burn.
0: But seriously, there's a whole bit where he's talking about his master coming through the void and stuff like that. Uh, which, again, I didn't actually get to see it because I didn't do Mythic Chogall, but I watched the video. There's certain elements of that fight where Chogall is pretty hardcore fronting for the old gods and their involvement in the the old god stuff. Hold on. Hold up. Keep
2: talking. You're fine.
0: I'm tired. I just, in general, too, I mean, there's... The the problem with, like, a lot of this stuff is just how far back it goes. Like, seriously. I was thinking about this in terms of the warrior artifact. The warrior artifact is only 2,800 years old. And think about what I just said. Only... Twenty-eight hundred years old. If I go back from so where slightly I'm standing, older than Velen? yeah, no, oh, no, <laughs> twenty-eight no, hundred. He's twenty-five thousand.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Never
0: mind. Sorry. But in terms of that weapon, it, like twenty-eight hundred years. If I went back right now, twenty-eight hundred years, I would be in like BC seven, you know, seven nine four. So, you know, not recent at all. But as history goes back so far that you you start hearing, like, you start talking about, like, oh, that was just during the Troll, that was, like, after the Troll Wars. That was only 2,800 years ago. That's, like, the entirety of, quote-unquote, Western civilization. China was just unifying itself after the Warring States period 2,800 years ago. That's a long time. The stuff that went on in Terrace Fall took place longer than, you know, the entirety of Western civilization, but, yeah, okay, not that long. That's the problem with talking about any of this stuff. The Black Empire would have been so far back that... We really can't say what was there. There might've been a whole host of things that were there that are dead now. And we've never heard of them because everybody who heard of them is dead now. And everybody who wrote about them, their civilizations rose and fell in that time because we blew up the whole freaking planet at one point. So a whole lot of stuff is probably at the bottom of the ocean. Um, And I've I've talked about as much as I can.
2: (laughs) No, you're fine. I just had like a moment where I came up with the, Best okay. tinfoil hat, and I uh, had to write it down because if I lose it, I will. Yeah, okay. I was out
1: on Wikipedia looking at what happened on Earth in 700.
0: So, uh... <laughs> a bit did. We've, we've had a lot of history, but it's just, you know, compared to, like, the actual, like, Azeroth stuff. And when they're talking about the Black Empire, keep in mind, you're talking, like, maybe 20,000 years ago. Like, you know, we don't even know how far back it was. It's just, yeah. The amount of time that passes in the Warcraft setting sometimes is, is is crazy. Like the the war of the uh the war against the Satyr was
2: 9000
0: years ago? It was
2: yeah, it was just after the end of the war of the ancients. It was like 1000 so, years after the end of the war of the ancients. So 9000. Yeah. So keep in mind that that's just in this. Just, it was just after that. So it was, yeah, 1000 years later.
0: 1000 years is not just, but it is in the Warcraft setting. To the night that's,
2: elves it is cuz they, yeah. you know, like, oh, I was napping. That was such the a great human, nap. The span of human life is, like, blinking to an immortal night, that night elf, and it's probably less than that to a drenai.
0: Like, oh, a thousand years. Tell me more about how long it's been. <laughs> you know, but again, Tearsfall, the, the stuff under Tearsfall took place, like, between, like, that's the other thing. We don't even know, like, there's stuff about tear. And Tyr's mm-hmm. fault. Which I'm not going to talk about it the show. I've, I've written about it already and I'm sure Ann's going to and I'm going to. But that stuff, we don't even know when that happened. We don't know when he got there, who was there, or did he bring them. Like there's so much. And I'm assuming know. it was
2: pre – no, it had to be – okay, so it was after the aspects were formed because that's – Yeah, because here did that. Well, he did that and that's also how he lost his hand to yeah. begin with um and that's all in dawn of the aspects if you haven't read it i highly recommend it if you want to know about how the aspects came to be because it's fascinating um so i'm assuming it's after that but pre-sundering yeah and it's like well what like, was it pre-sundering or i think was it was and, and if it was does that
0: mean like then then like 8 years passed and then uh Thoradin went down
2: in there I would assume that it was. I I, I would assume that it was pre-sundering only and because it said that Loken sent people after him, and in order to do that without them having to cross the sea, the continent would have had to have been one landmass.
0: We also have the Vrykul champion mm-hmm. who who held who held Loken's forces off. Mm-hmm. He migrated to the Broken Isles, and it
2: says the Broken Isles. Okay, then I don't know. Timeline-wise, so, yeah. that's wonky and will have it, to be looked at. Again, I think that all of this, particularly the stuff with Tear and with the Black Empire and all of that, that's stuff that's probably going to be addressed in Chronicle. This is all I, stuff that's probably directly going to be addressed in Chronicle, and that's why the book got pushed. It was supposed to be released last month, I think, was the initial release date. It was like October or November of this year, and it got pushed to March, if yeah, I remember right. I think you're
0: right about the march yeah that's, yeah because they had talked about it like in conjunction with um other stuff that they were doing like there was the but uh, we've
2: been we've been going on about this for like far too long so we i was should gonna probably say are we on, still talking about the black empire question yes I mean, there, we should probably is... we should probably move on to save alex's sanity
0: well the problem is the next question is also about lore and artifacts so um this isn't so bad This one's from Alessandra, who writes this a lot. So hi, Alessandra. Guys, I love that there will be so much more small story in Legion. Not just the zone stories, but stories for each artifact, weapon, spec, and profession. Illyria's bow is part of the uh, the marksman hunter story, and presumably Illyria herself. Are we now going to have to play every single class and spec and profession in order to see all of the lore in Legion? I'm not sure I like this. So Uh, what do you guys think?
1: I like it. Okay, let let Alex talk, because he almost never does. It just gives you more to do. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had that thought where I was like, if I have to find out what happened to Olaria, I have to play a hunter? What the heck? But I I kind of like it. It'll just give you more to do. And I guess if you're one of those people who only ever wants to play one character, that won't be good. I mean, I guess if you only want to play one character, you have to read about the rest of it. But when I'm like at the end game of an expansion and run out of stuff to do... I start playing alts but ultimately I'm playing the same stuff. If there's actual new content for every playthrough and gives you some replayability for that kind of content I'm all for it.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I mean I, I honestly I mostly play warriors but I could easily level three warriors and get three different stories right there and then after that you know what maybe I will play my hunter maybe I'll play my death knight maybe I'll play my shaman and get to see more of the game and it's like People have been complaining forever about nothing new to do. This is so
2: much new stuff to do
0: right here. Yeah. And it's not just like the, the new endgame system with the choosable quests and the stuff popping up randomly. I mean, let's be honest. It's Diablo. <laughs> it is Diablo 3's bounty system. And you know what? Good.
2: It's a WoW's version of the bounty system. And I like that.
0: It's got it's not identical, but it's got like a lot of the same stuff. And that's good. It's good that that stuff is there. It's good that you can like, go out and choose between a variety of things to do, and you don't have to do all of it.
2: Because let's face it, the bounty system in Diablo 3 is really good. Yeah. It's really good, guys. So, I, so seeing a WoW equivalent of that, that makes me happy, because I really like that.
0: <laughs> and Tom Shelton was talking to about another aspect of it and some of the repeatable quest stuff, and he, he said something in jest that I actually think is pretty impressive. He was like, see, we didn't steal that from Diablo. We stole that from Hearthstone. <laughs> and, yes you know what good good if you if something works in another game and it can be imported to wow and it's a blizzard idea anyway yeah they should why steal not right. absolutely why not? they should steal they've been mmos have been stealing from each other since you know age of of ultima you know not age of ultima ultima uh meant age of empires <laughs> but you know ultima online i mean you know it's just that's been what mmos do i i liked kotor a lot i really did i liked playing it I thought it was cool in a lot of ways. But it was, it was so Burning crusade that I couldn't handle it. Like I was yeah. having
2: flashbacks to, to Shadrath playing Here, that game. Here's, here's how I feel about the situation, right? About the, the stories for each artifact weapon and all of that. People have been begging for class-specific quests yep. since they took them out of the game. And some of my fondest memories from, from Vanilla WoW in particular, was doing the benediction storyline on on my priest and getting to experience that little bit of, of priest story that nobody else got because it was a priest thing and the priests were cool, right? Or doing the warlock quest chain where you went and you got your horse and you had to go do the whole thing with the bell and the candle and all. And it was like this warlock-specific little quest. And people have been asking for that for the return of that. And what they're doing is they're basically kind of designing one of the key themes of the expansion around that very thing. So the, the lore that you're getting from these artifact quests, it doesn't necessarily tie into the main storyline of the Legion expansion. It's like side bits of lore. And will you find out stuff about Alaria with, with the hunter boat? Yeah, sure. You'll find out stuff about Alaria. Will it be Alaria's full story? No, no, because Turalyon obviously isn't mentioned there. And we did hear that we were going to get Alaria and Turalyon in some capacity. We don't know how yet. But it's not through. Th- this quest line is just a separate thing where you find out more about Ilaria. So I like this. I like the fact that they're doing this. I love the idea of class halls. I like the idea of having a place where I can go hang out with other people who play the same class I do. I think that's really neat. And I am I there's...
1: going to do this full story for, what is it, like 36 artifacts or something? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to do I'll probably do a bunch of them, the ones I, I'm interested in. And the rest of them, uh, I'll probably read a Know Your Lore on them or something. Because yeah. I don't need to do all of them, just the ones I'm really interested in. And
2: I tell you what, when like you were saying, Alex, when we run to the end of the expansion and we're like, oh, there's nothing to do. Well, there's going to be like a lot of things to do. 'Cause yeah. you could go level you can go level an alt of a different class and check out what their artifact chain is like. That's I back in vanilla I, I you know, I leveled that warlock specifically so that I could go do that quest chain. I didn't really uh, want to play a warlock full time or anything. I wanted to go see what the quests were for the warlocks. If you think about this You know what I going?
1: can't do at Endgame anymore? What? Make ridiculous amounts of gold off of selling glyphs? <laughs> Damn you, Blizzard.
0: I don't know, but seriously, like if you think of it this way too, remember when they put Green Fire in? Yeah. They just put in thirty six Green Fires. Yeah. So And, and they're and, all distinct and that's yeah. cool. <laughs> and you can, it's it's yes, you can't see all of the lore on one character in one playthrough, but think of it back to Anne was talking about the, the, the death the the the, the warlock quest and the priest quest. She didn't mention the paladin quest, but it's the same thing.
2: Oh, the paladin quest was cool. I did that one, too. The only one I didn't get to do was the hunter quest because I didn't get the bow drop in time before it was gone. But all that stuff existed and not every class had it back then, but when that stuff exists, in
0: order to see it, yeah, you would have had to level a character of each. Some of us didn't bother, but it makes the world bigger. Yeah. If there's stuff out there that you can't do on X class... Yeah, that's content you can't see on that character, but it's also it broadens out the world. That's something people have been complaining about, like since the end of Wrath, is that the world feels smaller. And you know what? The world feels smaller because you can do everything on one guy. That's the problem. That's that takes away the expansiveness of the of the setting. No, you can't run all. You can't do all these artifacts on one character. You absolutely can't. It's not possible. For but that's thing, okay. Yeah, exactly, cuz it makes it <laughs> it makes it not just cuz it doesn't just give you more stuff to do when you get bored later in the expansion, it does, but it doesn't just do that. What it does is give you a sense that there's stuff out there.
2: We don't we don't just get class quests this expansion, we get like a whole class experience. And yeah. I think that's really cool. I think that's really cool. That's what I'm that's one of those things that I'm really excited about. I think at this point
0: we're done with emails. Um and that gives us about five minutes or so to talk about anything else we want to talk about.
1: I think I think some people, uh, they've asked if we're going to talk more about BlizzCon, but I mean, what's there to say about BlizzCon now that it's over?
2: Well, we did the whole overview thing when we were talking about BlizzCon on like, what, day one, and a day one on BlizzCon? Yeah. But I mean, there's so much information out there right now.
0: Yeah, uh, in ter- I think in terms of like what ter- the top stories are, obviously BlizzCon Aftershocks, but but we're talking about that throughout um the class previews are real big news right now but by tomorrow by we're doing this show wednesday night um by well this tomorrow, is all
2: world of warcraft stuff too i feel like yeah. we should touch on the non-world of warcraft stuff because we haven't talked about yeah. that well my god
1: all um, and heroes of the storm is ridiculous <laughs> yeah. in overwatch an amazing is, way
0: overwatch is available it, overwatch are yeah you, are you, alex have you actually you played chobo
1: i didn't get to play chobo i didn't have time but Daniel o'halloran play- played chobo okay
0: I just if you, you know I would, I would like to talk about more of the stuff I just want like which what's, what stuff have you guys actually done you were there I didn't get to be there I was busy writing breakouts and doing everybody's cues so not that I'm bitter or jealous Here, here's
1: guys. the thing about being at blizzcon the people who are at home probably get to see more total blizzcon content than the people who are at <laughs> blizzcon I mean I was I was there I was in Anaheim and uh, I felt like I didn't know anything and everybody in work chat was talking about all this stuff, and I was like, you saw all of these panels? I didn't get to see all these panels. <laughs> Even, um, like, the the Legion uh, Q&A stuff, I had to watch that after I got home. Yeah, I was busy. Yeah, so. I
2: still haven't rough. caught up with it yet.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, is there something, like, involving any of the stuff that you actually, like, played? I, you know, now's the time to talk about it.
1: I have a thing that I think Anne has already disagreed with me on it, like, when we had a conversation in real life, uh, I played the Demon Hunter stuff and the Burning Legion didn't feel like the Burning Legion to me, which is a weird thing to say. But it almost felt like we were fighting the Scourge again because I'm weird. Like I said, I've said it again it again. I'm weird about how things feel. I didn't feel like it was the Burning Legion. OK, uh, the Burning Legion always seems like super highly militarized with strike soldiers and, and all this stuff. And the Demon Hunter starting area, there wasn't much of that. There were, like, plagues and wells of souls and inquisitors and flowing tattered robes. And it felt very much like I was dealing with the Scourge and the Cult of the Damned.
2: To me, it felt like particularly um, the leveling experience there was e- interesting because when you walk in, you get a little pop-up talking head box and you hear, like, Illidan's voice telling you stuff. And, and that little talking head box pops up along the course of the zone and you hear other characters talking like they're saying things which I think is really neat but um it reminded me a lot of the Dreadlords in, in Warcraft 3 the ones that were like watching Sylvanas or well the they're having their out. little yeah they're having their little party when they're the having other. their little when they're having their little chit chats it reminded me right. of that it totally reminded me of that
0: could be what they
1: were going yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, I guess the difference is usually when we see the Legion, they're invading. So, of course, they have the shock troops and so forth marching out.
0: Yeah, but you Mardum, were on their planet invading them.
1: Yeah, and Mardum, that's just their place. So they don't have that highly militarized, terrifying, overwhelming force, which I guess is the difference. So we'll have to see zones other than Mardum. Yeah. I'll have to see the stuff on Azeroth. I just didn't get that Vibe that I usually get from, which isn't necessarily bad. It was just different.
0: Like how Alex was, he was telling me we should was it no it was Ann? You wasn't saying we should talk more about other things than, than wow, and then we just talked about. And WoW. Alex just jumps. Look,
1: in with well, the look, guy. I brought up Cho'Gall, and you're like, Psh, whatever. Let's talk oh, about I, Overwatch.
2: And let's I not talk
0: about Overwatch.
2: Well, why, I don't wanted, you, why don't you want to talk about Overwatch? I wanted to talk about Overwatch. Actually, there were like three new heroes introduced. Overwatch. There was there was Mei and there was Diva and then there was Genji and all three of them look absolutely amazing. Um, they are available in Overwatch right now apparently. So I'm looking forward to jumping in and playing all three just to see what they're like. And then did you watch you you covered the Overwatch lore panel, didn't you, Alex, or did you watch it?
1: I watched it. Yes.
2: Okay. So the animated shorts that they're coming out with. Oh God. I'm living for that. <laughs>
0: did, you, did you see the little baby Winston? Yes, Winston is oh. the
2: best ever, and I will take him oh, in any form God. I can get. And we need like there needs to be Winston action figures in the play. I I just love him. <laughs> see, Winston Winston is the one I'm most reminded of
0: in terms of myself. Like he looks the most like me. I love him. So, but little baby Winston, when he's just clutching the jar of peanut butter, and he's the like peanut butter. Yeah. Okay. So that was just yeah.
2: I'm, I'm I'm about,
0: uh, i I do wanna, uh. one thing I want to talk about really fast before we we go because we're pretty much running out of time. But we also found out just before BlizzCon last I think it was either just during or just before BlizzCon last week that Activision Blizzard is starting its own studio. Yes. And uh, we haven't heard much about it. Like they they mentioned a few things. I I honestly, quite frankly, I'm blanking on what they're going to be doing. Are they a Skylander show. I think a Skylander show was mentioned.
2: Yeah, they were talking uh, about doing a Skylander show, and if that kind of rolls into them eventually doing some sort of series of like regular series of Overwatch shorts, I would be super happy. Honestly, uh-huh. I gotta tell you, man, that this if
0: people, I- I'm gonna just say it, and even though I don't agree with it, I'll say it. A lot of people were like more excited at the convention by the the World the of Warcraft trailer than they were the, the Warcraft movie trailer. Okay. And I think that's because people don't understand that Warcraft movie trailer is not just for fans.
2: It's for everybody.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a broader thing. It's trying to get people who've never played WoW or maybe never even heard of it. And there are people out there who haven't heard of it. It's uh, trying to get them to understand and get into this movie. So I'm totally not... I'm not one of those people, but I understand why you could be. Because, man the The Legion trailer just it keeps hitting notes that you're like that that have been oh, like
2: that a, Legion trailer man they almost had years, me eleven years just you know t- taking off I thought he was dead I I was sitting there watching it and I thought we were watching the death of Varian Rin and I mentioned this in the last podcast and when he came out of that water I'm like damn there's the king we need all right yeah that made me so, really happy i the warcraft movie trailer i need to do an analysis of that i need to actually do sit down and do an analysis of that and, and write it up cuz there's a lot of like little tidbits in there yeah that are are deliberately you could see the places where they've started to kind of incorporate little things for the fans here and there like you could see there was a harvest reaper in, in one of the frames, it was like, oh, it's a Harvest Reaper. Or you could see, like, the Orc Towers, and it looked exactly like the ones in Outland. It was like, oh, that's that one with that terrible set of quests that we got when we were doing the Link stream. You know, that kind of thing. Um and, yeah, I think I think the thing to remember with the Warcraft movie trailer in particular, this is the first trailer, and this trailer was made to do, like, a broad general audience appeal. It yeah. wasn't necessarily made just for the people at BlizzCon who already know everything there is to know about this franchise, and then, then some, probably. Um, it was also made for the people who were watching at home, or watching, you know, when it showed on TV during a football game or whatever it was. Um It it, it was made to have a kind of a broad appeal. And whether or not we'll see future trailers kind of play into the whole this is for the Warcraft fans thing or not, don't know. It depends on how the studio wants to market it.
0: It almost feels like that would be a bad idea just because you don't need to market it to them.
2: No, you don't. You you absolutely do not need to market it to Warcraft fans because we see Warcraft movie and we go, we've been waiting for this for so long – take my money whereas the people who have never seen warcraft or anything they want to, you know they want to appeal to that audience and go look this could be cool to you guys too so
1: yeah. remember that thing a few minutes ago where you said we were talking about not warcraft i know were talking about warcraft now you're talking about <laughs> warcraft
2: technically <laughs> we're talking about the film no we're not talking about the game so, at but, any rate um at this point, real quick
1: uh, uh, I would, I would I'm, curious if, I'm curious if Anne has got the same vibe, or if you got the same vibes. I'm going to get in there real quick. Okay. I kind of got the vibe that Blizzard has a bigger has a more planned outlook and is more interested in doing things like the animated shorts and graphic novels and comics for Overwatch than actually making the game.
0: I don't know yeah. if I got the vibe that they're more interested in doing that, but I definitely got the sense that they're more interested in trying to do the lore through those means than trying to shoehorn it into the gameplay. Yeah, because this is not a game that really has a lot of questing.
2: It's not it, a game almost, that lends itself to lore.
1: I just noticed that the the developers on stage for the Overwatch game, like when we're talking about the game, they're like, "Yeah, we don't really know what we're doing next. Uh, who knows? We have no idea." And then you get the story guys on there, like, "Yeah, we're gonna do animated shorts. We do graphic novels. We do comics. We've got this plan. This is releasing spring, and this is releasing summer. We're gonna keep doing this stuff. It's gonna be great." And the game guys are just like, "I don't know. Whatever."
2: Well, I think the game guy, the impression that I got is that right now. They aren't. They aren't really focused on releasing anything new for Overwatch. They're focused the with. Game out. They're focused with streamlining the game and making sure everything's perfect, so that they can go ahead and go it forward with that spring release as planned. Um, and I suspect that after the game is actually released and in people's hands, that's when they'll start looking at the possibility of maybe adding new stuff if it's necessary.
1: It was just particularly funny to me that they're like, uh, yeah, we'll see what people want. We don't really know what we're going to add, but we want to add stuff. Yeah. And the story guys had this whole like complex plan of a release schedule for the next year
0: or two. Yeah, but I think that part of that really is the fact that Overwatch, as a game, the way I mean, the way that you can get lore via the game is purely through stuff like in the background, yeah. posters, video game cabinets, there's not, like, there's no easy way to, like, during the middle of this intense firefight, click on a book and have Deckard King go, Hello, the Overwatch organization was founded during the Omnic Crisis. You know, <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> As consider, much fun as I would like him to do that. <laughs> but, I mean, let's consider that obviously even they Call need of a bad... Duty
1: games, even every Call of Duty release, these annual releases have a single-player campaign and Overwatch doesn't. And Overwatch yeah. seems like it needs it more than Call of Duty does.
2: Uh, no, I want them to make a map that's exclusively, like, in a museum, like, in a museum. You know the museum that was in yeah. the Overwatch trailer? Okay, so they need to make a map that is that museum, and as you're finding your way through it, all the exhibits are talking at you. <laughs> but they're all Deckard Cain. <laughs> but they're all Deckard Cain.
0: <laughs> I did like I, I did like the – and we really do need to cut the show because you guys need to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm going go oh, to go to Overwatch. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to play Fallout. <laughs> Let me mention this. Yeah. Uh, There was a point where they were asking uh, Chris Metzen questions about, you know, okay, this is the future, and obviously someone's a pro StarCraft player. What happened to Blizzard? And he's like, well, we're not calling it this. I just want to make it clear for the lawyers out there. We're not calling it this, but we've baited about Blizzard World, and that's the map I want to see. Yeah, that was great. You end up on the Diablo ride that would be great <laughs> you know there's well, like the you know, hollywood i stuff. am the lord of
2: terror
0: the
1: hollywood map already has a lot of blizzard rep. there's yeah.
2: like there's like was... a lion prides inset, set isn't there
1: it's, it's like goldshire studios or something. goldshire
2: studios
0: yeah so yeah that that's kind of stuff all right at this point since we are about to wrap
2: up the show this is where i always turn to anne and say anne yeah know? So, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience. Thank you. Uh, as
0: always, you know, send any emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and we'd love to get them and answer them as best we can. And that's been the show for this week. Thank you very much for coming out and listening to us, uh, especially you know a couple days late. You know, Blizzard, Blizzard, BlizzardCon, BlizzCon, Blizzcon. Yeah, kind of happened, and we've all been scrambling. You know, we've been BlizzCon. It's, it's a good, it's a good kind of problem to have. But, but <laughs> thank you very much, and uh, have a good night, everybody.